What's up, everybody? Welcome to Fest Friends, episode 13. A little late, but we're doing end of the year podcast right now and talking about the future with 2021. Nick is not able to join, but I've got my best friend, life partner, Lydia here. Helm in, the, helm in the second seat, the second mic. So appreciate you, babe, for that. So cheers. Cheers. We like to crack the cold one open with the, <laughs> with the listeners. Mine's soda water. All right. So end of the year podcast is my favorite one of the year by far. I love to talk about all of my favorite stuff from the year, favorite memories, favorite moments, um, the most important topic is the top 10 albums of the year, but we've got some more fun stuff to talk about, like favorite shows, favorite TV shows, favorite movies, favorite games, and concerts, even though there were few and far between, especially with, uh, of course, with all the COVID stuff. And then we'll get into some 2021 stuff. So it's going to be a good show for you. All right, Lid. Let's just kick it off. Let's kick it strong with our top 10 albums of the year. Uh, albums of the year. Do you have a top 10? Yeah, I do. It's probably more than 10 um, as I'm looking at this, but um, I'm not sure if I should just read them off or what, but Little so, House from Angel Dust. Oh, yeah. Um, it's an EP, but it was excellent. I think you and I like both agree it's in our top our top list um they're absolutely great angel dust um several members from turnstile a couple members from um trapped under ice so just kind of those hardcore roots and they basically just formed a band that was i don't really know how you describe it just kind of rock like yeah. a rock alternative band yeah all rock. and i've just really been growing to love them and little house was like next level like we played all the time so oh my gosh yeah that was like such a great summer EP to come out. Yeah, Little House, the track itself, <laughs> one of my favorites for sure. Uh, yeah, and I saw on their Instagram actually that they they're like teasing like even bigger house. <laughs> like, <laughs> no way. Yeah, while they're like writing, they're clearly. Uh, well, that's what it looked like to me, at least. They looked like they were possibly writing something and maybe you know maybe just teasing like another EP or an album. Uh, you know, kind of goes hand in hand with the only show that I saw this year. Um, actually, no, it wouldn't have been the only show because we went to Zoo at Red Rocks. Oh, duh. Yeah. Wow. I was totally thinking only about Akali. So Akali was the headliner. He had a North American tour. Uh, support was different depending on the city, but we were fortunate enough to see Jewels open for him. Yeah. Remember um, when we were going... Uh, if you were wanting to see Graves, the Graves leg. Yeah, it's funny because I was actually like disappointed initially, <laughs> which is crazy to think about in retrospect. But I was a little disappointed because I had been following this artist Graves and he was opening up for Akali on several of the tour dates. But uh, Akali had different support depending on the city, like I said. So our when we went to Minneapolis to see Akali, it was actually Jewels who was opening opening up for him, which was a blessing in disguise because he fucking tore it apart. Yeah, he we, he was so good that like we were saying like I think yeah. like how did, how could he do Akali like that like, <laughs> like show him up at his own on his own tour like it was crazy man. Yeah, <laughs> Akali goes hard, but he is he's more like anthemic, like sort of like more of he's kind of going towards more melodic. Of a, it's melodic, a little um, bit more popular music, a little bit more like ambient. Of, Elenium. Uh, yeah, Elenium, duh. Um, yeah, so 
that was an incredible show. So you're saying Jewel's his EP Defcon Defcon Bounce is one of the songs. His EP is right, called High, High Octane. Octane. Yeah. yeah, and and in addition to that, so that's on my list, and also A World Away by Akali. Like that's right. that's the tour he was on. Okay, cool. And he released that album at the beginning of the year. So both of those albums are definitely up there for me. Yeah. As well. So. We're going to be obviously jumping around with just our favorite music, but I like to categorize it as like numbered. And Jewels' High Octane EP is number six for me out of my top 10, at least for the top 10 albums. And uh, yeah, last year's Formula got him on my radar with R.L. Grime, that amazing collaboration. That's one of the best songs of last year, 20, 20, last last year, not 2019. Yeah, it was voted like one of the best tracks by DJs or whatever. There was a list that Subtronics shared it oh, was like yeah. most loved by djs this year or something like that and formula was on that list yeah. so that's kind of cool yep and he's part he had that i think high octane the ep came out on sable valley i don't know if he's it's just like you know every little project that these artists that are assigned to rl grimes sable valley label are gonna be just you know okay let's do something now and not like a three album deal you know it's not like a big record label but and then of course we got to give a shout out to that facebook group the race gang Joel's race gang. Yeah. Because they're fun. And uh, before I like kind of jumped off of Facebook, which is pretty close to when COVID and George Floyd was murdered, you know, all that kind of stuff. I kind of took a break from Facebook, but they, they were fun to chat with. And uh, yeah. So Lil House, just want to go backwards for a second. That's not in my top 10, but that's like one of my favorites of the year that didn't crack my top 10. So got to give a shout out to that. I'm going to share a couple two really quick ones number 10 barty strange live forever he's probably my favorite new artist i discovered this year and well up there with jewels of course but i, I we we found out about jewels in 2019 with formula but anyway barty strange he's on everyone's like top list for a reason he's got like he's got he mixes all these kinds of genres he's a uh, used to be in a hardcore band, screamo band called Stay Inside, which actually just released a record earlier this year, which is kind of funny. They blew up a little bit because their name is Stay Inside. Like people are like, <laughs> oh, they're just jumping on this like bandwagon of like COVID names or coronavirus names, you know, with quarantining. But no, it was they've been a band for a few years in New York City. So Northeast. And he was in the band doing screamo stuff. But then he just jumped off and did his own thing. Boomer and Mustang are massive, and those are two tracks everyone should check out. It's like, like I said, he's got rap on the album. He's got rap-sounding songs. He's got indie rock. Um, but yeah, uh, he's got horns. He's got brass in some of his songs. I mean, he just is all around everywhere. He's he's going to be huge in 2021. Uh, and then number nine, Detroit's Dogleg. Dogleg came out with Melee and march 2020 and it is absolute banger this punk rock band is gonna rejuvenate the live music scene in the midwest here and i hope to see them soon i think that they even played live here in des moines over the last couple of years i just missed out i believe it was even at vaudeville rip um and then i have a couple more that i want to rattle off because i know that you're gonna have some stuff to say about run the jewels rtj4 what did you think about that album was that on your list at all yeah, I mean, I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, but it's actually not on my list. Okay. And it's not because I don't have like mad respect for it, obviously, but it is like a heavy album. And it, I just I'm just being honest with my list. Like, I just didn't listen to it a bunch. Yeah. Like so much respect for the two of them. 
incredible music, like definitely listen to it like on the regular, but it's just for me, just when I'm sitting by myself, you know, that's not like what's coming to mind when I'm, when I think about, uh, favorite albums, but I know it's like on everyone's list. So I'm sure I'm going to get a little <laughs> flack, especially from Mitch for saying that, yeah, shout out to saying, Mitch. That, saying that, but I'm just being honest. Yeah. It's not on my list. <laughs> we actually side note on Mitch. We recorded like three different podcasts this year with just Mitch at like three in the morning, just hanging out, sipping beers. And those are not going to ever be released to the public for reasons. But yeah, it's not for the public's yeah. <laughs> ears. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so RTJ4 came out. It's supposed to be coming out around your birthday. I think like the first week of June. They released it a week later, mo- days after George Floyd was murdered. So about yeah, that's a week a, yeah, early. Yeah, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So they made the decision like the world needs this. And it's just absolutely insane how on the on that walking in the snow, that that's going to always give me chills uh, where... Killer Mike is like, I can't breathe. And he's pretty much just sharing like, uh, this is what everyone's like. These black men have been murdered and saying they can't breathe by being like choked or whatever by police officers officers. And then George Floyd gets murdered, you know, like he had recorded this record months, years ago, you know, like this actual song. And then it happens to George Floyd. So shout out to them for not even abiding by like the marketing plan and like the rollout because it's so important you know they don't care about the fifty hundred thousand dollars that was spent on marketing and they just released it for the world and they're stand-up people and killer mike and lp and they're on my list short list of bands artists musicians i have to see in 2021 well we've been fortunate enough to see them twice though so oh yeah well we've seen them cool. three or four times i think but yeah uh Okay, this one I know you you're gonna have. So that was my number eight, number seven, Closey, Neon Jungle. Gosh, did you, I don't know if you're looking at the record or album cover. It kind of reminds me of a day to remember's. Uh, oh yeah, I guess homesick. Like <laughs> it how it's like just that. like drawn out, but it's more mm-hmm. like of course like EDM and colorful. So this this album is massive in 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 a lot of ways but mainly because she pretty much took the place of like that melodic taiko type not taiko mainly odessa for me where it's like i went to her for electronic music that made me feel good or made me feel comfortable or like calm me down you know Mm -hmm. so um yeah that's definitely on my list for sure um I fell in love with Closey at Electric Forest a couple years ago when it's kind of a unique situation happened. Basically, what's his name? Action Bronson. Action Bronson. But which is kind of random to begin with, right? He was he was, be- he was a second artist. Like he was yeah, covering someone, someone had else. <laughs> yeah. so I don't like, even remember. It she was, was like just the crazy. third string. Right. And she was still making her way, making a name for herself. And she was supposed to actually be playing the forest stage, which is, um, for those of you that don't know, like a smaller stage. So it's more like local bands, like smaller bands, uh, regional bands might play their regional acts, um, smaller, just like up and coming people. It's not considered like a main stage. Uh, and Action Bronson was covering for another rapper who dropped out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, at Sherwood, right? Yes. And um, for those of you who don't know Sherwood, it just kind of like arches up. It's huge. Like the the grounds are huge and it slowly arches up into this hill. So it's like a really cool kind of slant all the way down to the stage. And basically what happened is Action Bronson, for whatever reason, like had to cancel. He didn't show up. And so they moved Closey to one of these big 
stages with all the production and everything. So like, here's her fucking chance. You know what I mean? Like incredible. A lot of people don't know who the hell she is. Some people, because you don't have signal. Some people were there for action. Exactly. Because it was literally within an hour or two that we got lucky and got like a signal that was like, oh, Closey's moving. Because we all wanted to see Closey and action Bronson, I believe. And she moves to the stage and we got like the notification from the app. Right. Ugh. So people are arriving to the stage. Yeah. Like, I don't know if, if this is just like made up in my head, but it was just like the vibe that I got. It's like, I'm just picturing these people arriving that just the energy, like people are like, oh, wh- whoa. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah. This is awesome. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? While she's like throwing down like beautiful. I'm getting goosebumps. Just talking yeah, me about too. It. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm getting goosebumps because I remember turning around I'm going to cry. <laughs> That's crazy. You have to redo your makeup. Yeah, I'm going to cry. Like, I remember turning around and looking back at the hill, <clears throat> and the hill was just, like, alive at dusk. Like, there, it was just flooded with people. Many people who probably came there to see this, like, crappy rapper. Not crappy, <laughs> I mean, but... Rapper he's not we... really... He's not really... Like, I mean, he's, he's whatever. Good, he's I mean, whatever. I don't know. So, I just mean, they came here to see something, but they got something totally different, and they were probably, like just blown away. I mean, many people were just blown away seeing her, hearing her for the first time. And also it was an incredible breakthrough for her because she got to play this much larger stage in the United States, probably one of the first times to play to such a large crowd, at least in the United States. So it was just an incredible feeling, awesome vibes, fell in love with her, you know, at that moment. And then she released a full length album this year called Neon Jungle, as you said, and it's just awesome from start to finish. So yeah, it's definitely on my list. Huge impact. It came out earlier in the year, like right around, I think right around COVID when it started, like our March 1st initial quarantine. And I had not listened to it very much. Uh, and friend of the show, or Nick in July, excuse me, when he was, we were talking about, okay, our favorite music so far this year. Um, he mentioned that and I'm like, gosh, I need to revisit it. And it ends up being like a huge and integral part of my second half of the year. Especially with that live stream where she's she's playing in like her sunroom or a sunroom in a home. And m- what I mean by live stream is like there's so many live streams this year of just people playing in their living room because and to raise money for charities or like COVID relief or even save our stages, you know. So she's playing in that sunroom with the backdrop being like this lush like backyard of like all this uh, explosive vegetation. Well, she's from France, so I can only imagine like she was just at South her of home. France too. Yeah, she's uh, from southern France. And um, shout out to Clem, South of France. South of <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have a couple shout outs to our Frenchies. But um, yeah, and her dog like makes a cameo in it, and a ca- yeah, her and- dog is just chilling like for half of it. He's just t- taking a snooze because he can't hear the music because she has her headphones on, right. obviously, you know. And she's just recording it to play it for like everyone online. So and it's so beautiful because it's like a sunset set, like, and that's my one of my favorite parts about a music festival is being outdoors and the uh, favorite sets. Like, I have to pick a very important artist to be on the lineup for the sunset of the night. Like I love to be at the exact place I need to or want to be at that moment for that sunset. So yeah, she starts playing that and that was really fun. And then even just fast forward to the end of the year, you know, New Year's Eve, we get to watch her like VR or what was it? It's called like microdose sessions or something. And it's not just for closey. Like there's several artists that you can view if you search microdose on 
YouTube, but basically Android Jones did like two incredible videos, um, just graphic visuals. I don't really know how else to describe it, but they're next level. If you know anything about Android Jones, he just has a very unique style and it's in his style and it's just very like psychedelic and cool. And like, you can listen to her and her entire set, like to the backdrop of these awesome visuals, like yeah. next, next level visuals, like visuals that it's like revolution, in my opinion, like revolutionary. Yeah. Like it's so changing the way visuals are going to be. Headset, <laughs> right. You know? It's built for VR. Um, that's like one of the reasons why I want to get one just to experience that. So, okay. So number six for me, do you have any other notes on Closey? No. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. She's going to be, uh, we'll talk about, uh, this at the end but she's gonna be one of my favorite like i need to see her in 2021 you know right you know so number six was ul's this high octane ep as i've said number five for me fanagram ceremony dear god was one of my favorite songs of 2020 um i have a really strong like especially now i mean uh kinship with sarah barthel uh in connection with fanagram because her sister committed suicide a few years ago back like i think four or five years ago and i remember seeing like her like posting on instagram about it and it's just it was like whoa like that can happen to anyone uh her younger sister and then um she was like hanging out with miley cyrus because and just having like trying to get her mind off of it going on like they took a break you know from recording and she took a break from like her blogs sarah blog fell she's been doing that for a while but um yeah, so I, I really love this band and I really love Ceremony. It's like kind of like uh, the Phoenix of the Ashes, so to speak, from their their third record called Three. And I, I want to see them. They're on my list as well. Must see acts of 2020. But both of us have lost our sister, so always going to be connected to that band and her. Yeah. And then we talked, ex- uh, Nick and I talked extensively in August uh, with Bully Sugar Egg. That was just after my birthday, close to Sissy's first anniversary of her death, my dad's birthday. Wonderful. Uh, two steps forward from 2017's losing. I love Bully. I kind of, I'm always going to regret not seeing Bully in Minneapolis with B Word when he first moved because <laughs> it was at the Surly Brewing uh, outdoor amphitheater they had going for a while there. I don't know if you know about Surly. Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with the brand. Okay, so do you have a? I have these. I'm down to my final three already, which is good. You know, we've got a lot to, to cover. But do you have any others that you you gotta bring up? Yeah, as many people know, like the downfall of Bass Nectar happened this year or in 2020, rather, which is heartbreaking for a lot of bass heads. And like, as silly as it may sound to some people, like it's kind of it's really heartbreaking. I mean, it's a real loss, but. Um, he meant a lot to a lot of people and yeah. his community and community. Repre- represented so much more than just like a festival or music. But I still have to it's still on my list, like regardless of um, unfortunately him being <laughs> less than a great human, as it turns out. Uh, he right. did release a full length all colors at the start of the year. And it's incredible. I mean, it's a masterpiece from start to finish. So, I mean. I just I have to still say it regardless of of what happened with him as a person. Empathy on that album is one of my favorite songs of this year. It's just so it's quintessential bass nectar. It's just incredibly beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's like almost like goes up your spine, straight into your brain. It's crazy yeah, it's how a, he it's beautiful. He really. can create such a sound sphere, and it's like if think about like we, of course we've seen him live like almost ten times at this point. <laughs> Who knows how many more in the future? I mean, it could be zero, literally. Uh, but 
he if if we could just listen to the masters of his albums like with like the best ten thousand dollar headphones i think it would be like a coming of jesus moment <laughs> because he can create like layers on layers hundreds of layers it sounds like yeah you know it sounds like it's like fifty thousand people creating one song yeah, um, I agree. But to fill the void, um, yeah. another mention to fill yep. the void that Bass Nectar left in my <laughs> in my life is Janston. And he released an EP call, this year called Gutter Music. And he has a, a very similar sound to Bass Nectar and just like that heavy bass um, vibe. And I've really been loving him and listening to him a lot this year as well. Or 2020. Keep saying this year, but you know yeah. what I mean. Uh, in 2020 and 2021. So he's definitely someone that's on my list for... When things begin to go back to normal, I would really hope to get to see him. Yeah, soon. <laughs> uh, we were going to see him. I mean, we were supposed to see him in Mexico, weren't we? Yeah, I believe so. I believe and he was on Deja Vu. Deja Vu, which got canceled. You know, we're going to be talking a lot about what we want to do in 2021 and everything. So um, what we've missed this year later, I'm sure we'll get into some of that with our goals and whatnot. But OK, 100th, 100th somewhere, nowhere. Hundreds, what does that band even mean to you now at this point in your life? I mean, seven, eight years, you know, ago when we first met, we had just seen, we went to a show to see Hundredth in, I believe, Omaha. Um, Minneapolis. Okay. Well, with Every Time I Die, but mm -hmm. I'm talking about Omaha or um, it might have been Vaudeville Muse here in Des Moines, Rip, because that is no longer a thing here after 2020. But, um, yeah, I know. I'm pretty sure I saw them with you. I've seen them many times, so you're okay. going to have to be more specific. <laughs> anyway, they were a hardcore band is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, they were. Then. Yeah, they were like a melodic metal band. And they I one of my favorites and, you know, coming up in the scene for sure um, really meant a lot to me. And so it's just kind of interesting because they've evolved and changed their sound over the years, you know, as humans do. They I change. Love that. I love it. <laughs> they change. They want to write new things or do new things. And I, I've still remained a fan because the things that they release are still just incredible. They're they're great artists. They have they have a wonderful sound and it's changed a ton. I mean, it's nothing like their first album, When Will We Surrender? Yeah, uh, at all. But it, it doesn't matter. They're still <laughs> they're still incredible. Um, and you and I really we had like a great day. It was on our wedding anniversary. Yeah, that's, that's we listened to that. I showed it to you and you loved it. And immediately and we listened to it like basically all day. Oh, my God. Like, so. Yeah, we had so much fun. Uh, that's one of my favorite memories of the year for sure. But yeah, so hundreds. I for an indie alternative like rock and roll album to grip you that is so <laughs> massive like that's so cool. Well, I'll give them the time of day because it's hundredth. Well, so. they've earned your they've earned <laughs> yeah. your time. They've earned your respect. Right. You know. So they I've said this before I think on the podcast even but they out Tame Impala Tame Impala <laughs> Tame Impala came out with Slow Rush yeah. in February. It's not even in my top ten. It's in my you know albums I appreciated, but I was gonna see them in July, but that got canceled or postponed and whatnot so music is a time machine that this album will forever be imprinted on me somewhere no somewhere nowhere by hundredth for our first anniversary celebration day where we got to go to the sculpture garden and just sit on a freaking tapestry and just like hang out like in the nice you know sunny weather in october and uh had, we had some wine we're sipping on some wine and just enjoying the sun and music we were playing music and we were 20 30 feet away from everyone you know we sat on a hill and yeah that was a great 
uh, a great celebration for our first anniversary. Yeah, and honestly, just kind of to pivot a little bit and go off on a bit of a tangent, like I don't understand how we could have lived in the city for this long. We've never done that. Like it just yeah. it just goes to show you that life is full of new experiences every day if you're willing to try something new. Like exactly, I've never just laid laid in the sculpture garden and just relax. Like I, why? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like why why don't we? Like yeah, we Can don't. Give me that pen real quick. We don't live in a giant city or anything. But yeah. there's still plenty of beautiful things in the city to enjoy. And I just laid there and I was just great. I just had a lot of, you know, I just felt so grateful. And I thought, wow, what the fuck have I been doing? Yeah, so much beauty in front of you always. <laughs> right, like that exactly. Kind of thing. And you had just gotten us that for our wedding present, uh, anniversary present. You had just gotten us that like uh, Insta Instax Fujifilm polaroid type camera where it prints out a photo you know and so we have some fun photos from that day yeah it was a really fun and then we came back to our house and we had spent a lot of like funds and time rebuilding our backyard and we got to just sit on a tapestry sipping brewskis and listening to this record so hundreds somewhere nowhere number three for me music is a time machine very quintessential record of the year uh for me okay so I'm, I'm down to my final two. This is a big deal. Uh, number two is Code Orange's Underneath and Slash Under the Skin, which is uh, their live acoustic uh, recording of live stream that they put out. I kind of lumped them both together because I, I, I love both of those records. And it's just basically Code Orange is just... They are rewriting the book on how to adapt as a band in, in the world that we live in now, in the world that we're going to be in, the, when things are somewhat back to normal, they're still going to be changing the game. They are the first band that I know of that did a live stream during the quarantine because it was their record release was the week of the week following, excuse me, quarantine mandates in most states, uh, you know, that March, middle of March, and they were going to play a sold out show in Pennsylvania and they couldn't. And so what they what they do, they still kept the venue, probably paid a large fee, played a live stream on Twitch. And they've just they've done all that kind of stuff all year. They've done live streams. Like, like I just said, underneath the skin, under the skin, excuse me, is a acoustic live recording of them. They've done what it takes to stay relevant and to push boundaries. And I, I mean, it's funny because we've we've talk about like all the merch that we see from jewels and all these artists we want to support these artists in some way and i instantly had to drop like a hundred bucks on <laughs> on code orange merch after like seeing them do two or three live streams i'm like i'm so impressed by them they've they've come a long way since code orange kids c-o-k ka ka ha uh is the uh, abbreviation i've listened to some interviews with them they've just they're really growing up and becoming uh massive art massive artists and they're nominated for their second grammy two i think it's two out of the last three years they've been nominated for metal performance which is just like basically like some sort of recorded live if it's it's a, a award given for like a recorded live session so uh the first one was i believe in your house wwe when they debuted i was there. gonna say didn't they do something with wwe what am i thinking it was about? it was like one or two years ago and that's what got them the initial grammy nom and now mm. this year they've gotten another one i'm pretty sure i might be out of, i might be speaking out uh incorrectly but okay so if you do you have another couple records or should i just rattle off to my number one 
Uh, I can mention it, my, the rest of mine. Yeah, so we cool. were talking about Sable Valley earlier. Yeah. Um, my no- notes are just gone somehow. But anyway, that's weird. Um, we were talking about Sable Valley earlier, and we definitely need to touch on Montel 2099. <sighs> Honestly, I don't know if he, says, if he calls himself Montel 2099 or if he says 2099. I always say 2099. I'm not <clears throat> sure. Maybe someone out there can correct me. But anyway, he released uh, an EP this year called Forces. And he's another incredible, just sort of kind of similar to that Jewel sound, kind of similar to all, in my opinion, like somewhat inspired by R.L. Grimes sound, um, his earlier sounds for both of them. Montel is awesome. We had He did an awesome uh, stream that frankly deserves an award. Oh, my God. Uh, he is not, whoever, whosoever idea that was and whoever designed the set you know what I mean? Needs way more recognition, but that's just the way it is. Uh, basically, he's from New Zealand. He's a New Zealand uh, native. He he looks like he's probably even indigenous as well. Uh, but somebody filmed. He did a set on the beach uh, in New Zealand, and he had how do I describe like a a lit up stage that was just this cool uh, geometric pattern. And so, and he did a sunset set. So he's on the beach with the waves coming in and someone filmed him from top aerial shots, aerial shots. Uh, He like arrives in a helicopter. He does his set. They filmed him from top, you know, bottom all around. Uh, And you get this awesome shot of, or awesome visual of the sun setting through his set and then at night like once the sun is down his uh his stage slowly lights up and it's just this cool geometric pattern like it and it's you know blinking and like changing colors it doesn't sound like much when i'm describing it verbally but it's incredible um just search youtube for montel 2099 and it's probably like the first thing that's going to come up yeah it looks like a landing strip yeah like an uh, airplane on a beach yeah like an air alien uh craft yeah you know, landing it looks so cold too he's got his little jacket on it's like getting cold with the waves washing over oh yeah that's one of my favorite live streams as well going with closey mm-hmm. uh, yeah definitely keep an eye out for him sets. like he's he's gonna be huge for sure um and new zealand kept covid so under control that they actually had a festival a couple weeks back that he played he played flume played and so did alice in wonderland wow so they flew three in. artists i'd love to see live yeah sure. flume and allison flew in and I saw them documenting their 14 day quarantine, you know, literally, I mean, it's it's when you're you're running a country that doesn't have covid like it's very strict. So in order for them to come in and play, they had to quarantine in an Airbnb or whatever it was, a hotel for literally 14 days straight. And then they played and Montel also played. So, yeah. Can you imagine that? I mean, no, they're living in a different world. That's crazy to think about, isn't it? Like well, they're just the 14- living in a normal world. Like yeah. It- <laughs> well, yeah, but they have all these protections in place, like that 14-day. Just a small tangent, I just actually had a National Geographic like Instagram article come up or whatever. I clicked into it, and it's about this guy that went to his, see his family in, I think, Japan or China. And he had to go to a, a co- co- quarantine hotel when he landed. And then he would have people come in in like space suits and freaking clean his room every day. <laughs> and he had to sit in the hotel room for two weeks. And it's just like that. That's not the world I see us living in because I think we're going to get some stuff under control. Hopefully. Who knows? Um, trying to stay optimistic. But yeah, just think about those artists having to sit in that hotel for two weeks. Wow. Probably worth it, though, to finally be back doing the thing that you love. I'm sure it was worth it. And 
Uh, Flume is hilarious. I don't know if anyone caught his like updates, but he was like, He's weird. he was like photoshopping abs onto himself, and he was like, doctors hate him because. <laughs> He's such a weirdo. He's so funny. Yeah, he's hilarious. He's got like the craziest, like, he's got a zany, wacky, like, sense of humor. And he's just all nonstop fun. Yeah, I love it. Like, he has the, when he did his Red Rocks, he released to the public, basically, like, the film of his Red Rocks show last year. And it was just so funny. His, like, pre-show, like, little skits that he was doing. It was just cracked me up. It was incredible. But, uh a couple more mentions. We can't forget Man on the Moon 3, Kid Cudi's album. Yep, that's literally number 11 for me. <laughs> and we also can't forget The weekends After Hours. Yeah, I feel so bad for The weekend. you know. He's not getting the recognition he deserves. Um, what's it called? Uh, what's that song called? The Lights or something? Gosh, I have to... Blinded by the Light. Blinded by the... Blinding Lights or something. Blinding Lights, yeah. Uh, yeah, it got like... It's like the most played song on everything. It's like sold the most copies so what that even means like has the most streams you know um on spotify and everywhere and he got like no recognition from the grammys you know it's like it's he's on like this campaign to like show and prove like the grammys are racist right and <laughs> yeah out. something's going on for sure that doesn't make any there's sense. some bull crap going <laughs> with all award shows but you know i i just wish he got some more recognition he deserves Definitely. And Kid Cudi has a special place in our heart for sure. That was a great that was a great album on it. Like, admittedly, I need to listen to it a couple more times. Like, I haven't given I haven't given it the time that it deserves, probably. But it'll definitely be something that's spinning in our house uh, for weeks to come. Yeah, we had a great time with Mitch just listening to Man on the Moon one, I think. Yeah. On repeat, like a whole night of just us three hanging out. And it's just like. That guy's imprinted in my brain now. I have to. I've, I can. I would love to see him live. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I think that we both are. Are you done with your list I've for got 2020? Num- my number one. All right, go ahead. No, I want to be ending with my number one. No, I was. Uh, the next thing I was going to move on to is things that had a big impact for me this year, but didn't come out in 20. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We can do that after this. So number one, drum roll, please. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Coveted, the coveted number one from Sean Johnson goes to Land of Talks Indistinct Conversa- Conversations. Land of Talk got on my radar after Life After Youth in 2017. Uh, this band is helmed by a female lead singer. She's an absolute beast. She's uh, an indie darling. She's got so like her songwriting chops are like second to none. It seems like Um Indie alternative is pretty much always going to alt rock is going to be my favorite genre forever, uh, most likely. And this is this is a great album as to why uh, Nick and I kind of went in, in, into it around June or July in the podcast. So I'm not going to go down on every single track just to keep things a little bit uh, a little bit shorter. But weight of that weekend in into love in two stages, compelled footnotes, AB futures. Can't forget about diaphanous as the opening track. It's just Saddle Creek. Uh, it, at its best right there the, the her record label so i love lana talk she's up there for me i'd love to take a weekend trip uh, and see her uh i had like a dream a few weeks ago of seeing land of talk and then going and seeing like an edm artist unknown in my dream of course but it's just like oh interesting the double features that we've had before you know like those nights are like so crazy like we went and saw title fight and then we saw ghastly yeah i just had memories pop up of that actually just like 
a day ago even because i think it was, was just last night yesterday. so shout out madison and clem again <laughs> when, again when they were uh, living in chicago we were going to visit them slash see title fight one of our favorite bands and just by kind of coincidence uh ghastly mm-hmm. and a edm dj who's a little more like he's growing he's definitely getting bigger and oh, bigger yeah. he had some great streams this year on with insomniac for sure like i really like him i really enjoy his music and he just so happened to also be playing that night so we did a double feature like usually of course like edm shows it was at a club too so like he was gonna start later you know because it was like a vodka. club it's kind of yeah it's 15. just like an overpriced club it wasn't so it was a show but it wasn't like solely for a show like that you would go there to just be at the club you know kind of a thing like that that bigger city vibe we don't yeah, really have that in like, des moines but yeah but he was djing at a club essentially so we we were able to go to title fight and then uh double feature over to ghastly immediately after and ironically i broke my hand at ghastly but yeah. not at title fight. somehow yeah <laughs> Yeah, kind of funny. We've had a lot of good. We've had some really fun double features. We had Ari Shafir and Gestaffelstein. Yeah, it's kind of our thing. Like we started this. uh, We kind of started it. I guess that would have been the first time. Title Fight and Ghastly was our first double feature, and then we went to Spring Awakening Fest in Chicago, and then went to Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) After we were actually going to Chicago for sure to see Joe. But then I realized, oh, my God, Spring Awakening, which is a three-day. Yeah, it's, I'm pr- pretty sure it's a three-day festival. It yeah. might be two to three days. Either way. In the heart of Chicago. Um, I would say definitely like a more poppy EDM vibe. Mainstream. Like, yeah, it's like a, more, a little bit more of like a mainstream vibe. Nothing wrong with that. I'm just like trying to describe. Well, you got to sell tickets. It's a if city. You're, yeah, it's if like you're a in the city heart of Chicago, EDM, you got to sell right. tickets, you know. It's kind of like an ultra or something, you know, kind yeah. of that that type of a thing going on. And we've never been, so I realized it was happening the same weekend. So I'm like, hey, like, is it crazy? Should we just get like date? We'll just get a one day ticket on Saturday and we'll just leave early and hope that we get to catch most of the artists. And we did. And we had a great time. It was really fun. Yeah. That double feature thing has to continue into 2021. We hope to find something. And we both got to watch each other's back and make sure it happens. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because sure. we almost we were at the bar after Ari Shafir and we we're like, we're buying tickets for Gesaffelstein or something. I think it was either before or after. But yeah. And we met up I'm with Brandon. I'm having a hard time remembering at what point we bought the tickets, but it was before it was on the way to Ari. Okay, yeah, I remember now. We you stopped and I at went, that bar. We stopped at a bar to like have a bite to eat. And we asked that girl like how much, how, like the bartender, like how close it was. Yeah. And we ended up walking and we're like, ugh, this is a little far. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's my top 10 albums of the year, you know? I mean, it was a... One note I want to get before we get into music that really impacted us that didn't necessarily come out in 2020 is music usually for me, like my albums are always like kind of almost like judged by like my shows you know like the music is a time machine you know the the artists that are in my top 10 are usually artists i had seen live i saw these albums live i saw these songs perform live my 2019 record of the year for for example was a lot of disputes panorama i saw them live with nick performing songs off panorama you know so uh that year and it it, it continues as far as like uh that sort of thing so Code Orange, number two, because I saw them do live streams. I love their music. So I hope in 2021 that uh, my albums of the year can be amplified, the memories and the experiences amplified with uh, seeing the music live. So 
I'll go ahead and kick it off because I know this is number one for both of us as far as shouting out music that was not necessarily released this year with Disco's Deeper. That <laughs> record came out in 2019, and uh, I'll let you go ahead and gush about it a little bit, Lid. Yeah, so anyone who knows me knows I've probably told many jokes about jam bands, so it's just kind of funny. But humans change. You know, we all evolve, and I can accept that I have different opinions today than I did before. Um, but I, I've been, I have not been shy at making jokes about jam bands. <laughs> but, Fish and uh, <laughs> string cheese and all these kinds of bands. Right. Right. Um, and I mean, all in good fun. Like, I'm not, oh, not, yeah. certainly not <laughs> like hating. I recognize um, all the talent. Uh, but my point is this, that uh, our friends, Amanda, uh, Amanda. <laughs> I did this last night when I was talking to Becca. I A said, Grant. Amanda. <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I guess that's their new like uh, combo name. Amanda. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. I don't know if I like that. Amanda and Grant, uh, really special people for us this year. Uh, incredible people that we were fortunate enough to meet through uh, our other wonderful friend. Shout out, Becca. Uh, so just kind of like our Denver uh, buddies, they really accepted us and we had an incredible experience with them over the summer where we were going camping. Uh, you always remember the area. Guanella Pass. Yeah, thank you. I always forget. We were going camping in like a more remote area in the mountains and it was on the way home actually after the wonderful night that we spent out there. It was on the way home, I believe, right? Yeah, we were just like on the drive home, just having such a good time. They're like, like, hey, have you talking listened? about what we just experienced? Yeah. <laughs> like, saw this freaking Mars like right in front of our faces almost. Yeah, and these are actually Grant's friends. So he grew up in Indiana, and these this band, these guys were his friends. Uh, I don't remember when they met. I don't actually remember. I think the they just whole, grew the up. The whole story, but they just grew up together. Yeah. They're his buddies, um, and they're they're like a regional band. They they have a pretty big following. Like play some smaller festivals. They were supposed to play summer camp. I think they opened for Pigeons playing ping pong on a tour recently, like in the right. last couple so of like, years. You know, moderate moderate popularity, but um, that's kind of irrelevant. My point is this: that he he just asked, "Oh, have you ever heard this band? Oh, let me show you. You know, some of my favorite songs. These are my buddies, and it was just incredible. Like I was like, holy shit! Like I love this. Yeah. <laughs> like this is so awesome. Shout out to Pickle. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think the singer's name is yeah, I think singer and guitarist. But uh, anyway, really fell in love with it. We've it's been on uh, repeat in our house uh, just for multiple reasons. It's incredible music. And also we have incredible memories like tied to it now because we're just having this like really genuine experience with them driving their car, you know, home decompressing from a wonderful night and like them just like and just vibing out and like having grant show us something that really meant a lot to him and now it means a lot to us yeah i was definitely just zoning out like on our way home from from that camping trip and just realized wow i think i've heard like cool blue yellow like cool blue mellow mellow, excuse Mm -hmm. me like four times now and i love it just as much as the first time i heard it uh, when we are doing celebrating my birthday in the backyard of brandon paulson shout out um uh, just a backyard hang, you know, trying to keep distance from everybody. Uh, he has a new sound system, sound system, and he he <laughs> gives all the birthday. He gives gave me the since it was my birthday as well as his. Um, uh, one song, and I picked the surface because that is one of my favorite songs I've listened to this year, and I absolutely love uh, Disco. They're on they're on that list, that short list of bands I want to see in 2021. You know, I want to see them with Grant and Amanda. I want to see them with everybody. Yeah, that is my dream. Really, is Denver for us to somehow be able to <laughs> go 
see them with Grant and Amanda and hopefully Becca and other people as well. Yep. Denver bound. For sure. Um, and it, this actually goes hand in hand with the Grant and Amanda story because that same at that same time, I've heard Nako on Medicine for the People. Uh, he he and his band played at Electric Forest several years ago. Like I, I know who he is, but I just never really fell like into the music as much as I did uh, in the past several months, like the or the pa- the past few months, um, ending months of 2020 is what I'm trying to say. Uh, basically similar thing like they were like hey have you heard Nako and I'm like oh yeah I've heard it I've heard it but it was almost like I was able to listen to it with like new ears yeah with them in the car and well, same thing just vibing through the mountains they were playing a few of their songs like they the opening song on and the album in particular Darkest Night his first album is the one that I can't stop listening to and in particular that very first song like every time I hear it literally I cry Literally, I can't, I, it doesn't matter how many times I've heard the song. There's something about it that just makes me get emotional. And I mean, that's, I mean, that's a sign of good music. Yeah, yeah. If you're getting, if it really touches something that deep in you. And so I just mean like shout out to them over and over again, because those two albums had a, a positive impact and just are, and frankly are just albums that I'll always listen to. And it's, partially due to the fact that they introduced us in the setting that they introduced us yeah. in. And I was so like vulnerable in that moment that yep. I could just fully just ex- just hear it for the first time, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's a good point. And you've changed a lot in the last three years. I have, I have as well, you know, so it's okay for your musical tastes to evolve with you, uh, to grow with you. So Right, which is why I respect Hundra so much because they're, you know, they're just catering to my to my preferences <laughs> they're changing yeah. music oh my gosh and i have one more to mention as well just like one uh one final album which i believe came out in 2019 and it's a totally different vibe than what we were just talking about with nako and disco but kill station yeah so i would just it's kind of hard to just it's just like an alternative i would describe him as just like an alternative he clearly has almost like a producer background like his beats are almost edm Esque, it's like, like it, it's sad. It's like sad boy SoundCloud rap, right? It's it's, it's like a rock EDM kind of, yeah. and his and he, it's just him singing, and he has like just a very unique, incredible. I've really abused that word through this podcast. It's but. fine. It's fine. <laughs> but uh, he, we're doing a 2020 favorites episode in 2021. It's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> yeah. But I just mean he that album. Uh, the, so the album is called "The Two of Us Are Dying." And it came out in 2019, so obviously doesn't count for the top 2020, but I have had that on repeat. It was like when you go back to your music that you replayed, it's like most of his songs off the album are like my top played. Yeah. I really loved it. It's super catchy stuff. Lyrics are dope. Like he has a very unique, cool, beautiful voice. And then he also like he, he, I'm pretty sure he's writing his own beats. That's my that's what I understand about it. Is if that anything, he's got a start couple, to finish. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, you've covered a lot of the stuff that I I also loved. But, uh, you know, I always say this and I'm going to continue to say it. Music is a time machine. So Duncan Fellows, both sides of the ceiling from 2017 played a huge part in my life this year because I one of my favorite moments is the sun, uh, sun, like just above the mountains as we are getting ready to hang out at Becca and Peter's for I think it was it wasn't even the day of zoo. It was the day before zoo pretty sure i think it was after because i have a picture of you and i on the 
patio on my Instagram. Okay. And I I know that like I know what I was wearing that day. Okay. Was, okay. Yeah. I'm pretty it was sure it was the day after, like hangover day. Like we went to the, you know, went to the bar later in the day. Like hung out with Grant and Amanda, and Michael and Aubrey. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, we went and got brunch first. Yeah. And then we went over to Aubrey and Michael's. Yeah, it was a great day. Yeah, and uh, then we went back to Becca and Peter's at some point. I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter because Peter and I were just dancing around in the in the living room listening to that music. So I, I really love Duncan Fellows, and I didn't give their new album enough listen or any listens. I I actually forgot about it until just this week that it, that came out in September. So I've got to give their record a listen, the new one that came out in 2020, and then Bay Factions Florida Guilt, my album of the year for 2018. That so this will. We'll, get us right into our favorite concerts of the year but i listened to that album so much in the beginning of the year it actually made my monthly playlist here on apple music follow me on apple music or reach out to me if you want to uh, because i post a month i have a monthly play- playlist and uh, anyway i i saw them with my sister shelby at, on her birthday march 1st her 24th birthday can't believe how old we're all getting but at reverb lounge in <laughs> omaha which was part of another double feature Reverb Lounge when we saw Michael Barr. Oh, yeah. I and forgot th- about that. And then we went to Space Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> There's another double with feature. With B-word. Shout out, B. Yeah, young BB. Uh, so, yeah, Reverb Lounge is so much fun. I really like that venue. Uh, and then afterward, I got to meet them. Uh, and Nick Hamilton was there as well. This is all pre... Well, it's not pre-COVID because that started in November 2019. But it's pre-quarantine. You know, literally the couple weeks before we all started quarantining. Uh, but I got to meet the band and get uh, uh, Nick took a, their poster, two of them, off the window of like the a venue, mm-hmm. and we got it signed. I have it framed right behind you here in the studio. Uh, and yeah, that was uh, such a great moment because Shelby and I uh, have always connected so much, and that's one of our main connections is music and live music. So, but the day before that, I'll let you kind of talk about the any any other details you want to talk about for Ecali and Jewel's this show for our favorite shows of the year. These are, we're talking about our favorite concerts of the year. Yeah, we kind of talked about it in the beginning. It was a great. Sh- I mean, it was a great show. It yeah. was awesome. The There's bit- one detail I wanted to bring up for you is that there was this like big, gigantic, tall, big, just in every way, gay guy. That was just like trying to like... He was having the best time. Yeah. He was having the best time. And we just, as one does at an EDM show, we made friends. Yeah, we like made... And we were just all hanging out. And yeah, at one point I had to go to the bathroom and... I don't know how he and I got on the same wavelength about that. I don't know if he was asking me. You know what I mean? I don't remember. But he wanted to come with me because he was like afraid he wouldn't find his way back into the crowd. And so I'm like, I mean, he's just a friendly, friendly, like gay guy. Yeah, no problem. You know what I mean? Like, all you know, it's not like a weird thing. Like with someone who's trying to yeah, yeah, yeah. stalk you or something. <laughs> like he was he just totally needed cool. Help. Yeah, he just needed a little assistance. Um so we went together and I, I wasn't thinking that he would come into the women's restroom, yeah. <laughs> but he just went on in. <laughs> Skyway just, Theater. Yeah, he just came on in like that, like he had already, you know, that was his plan all along. I thought he was going to go into the men's restroom, but that I just thought that was cool. And he was so friendly and cool. And no one, ga- no one cares. He gave, I mean, it's, I, it's fucking EDM. Like oh, yeah, every, yeah, nobody yeah, cares. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like as long as you're not coming and being a creep, like he's just coming in and. You going to the bathroom and leaving. Like, I think he nice, he had so. like wrists of like candy, you right. know, like yeah. and he gave some to Mitch. It was just a really good. He good was time. very plur, but we got there. We got there so early that we were able to actually be on the rail for the whole whole show, which was awesome. Not something that always happens, you know. As 
as you age, you, that's not as interesting to you to be up no. there like that. But it was comfortable enough that like we were comfortable and we I was able to like, you know, leave. We were able to leave. To we get got there beer at a good time. And use the restroom when yeah. you needed to. That's not always the case at festivals and so forth. Like you don't you don't necessarily want to be on the rail for me because like you'll never get back. Like you'll never be able to even use the restroom like halfway through the show or anything like that. Right. Um, but it was an incredible show awesome to be up there in the front like that uh like i kind of touched on earlier jewels that was like my first jewels experience and it was so awesome like he tore the place apart i think all three of us left there like huge jewels fans and we listen to him all the time the three of us do so he was awesome akali also an amazing set definitely don't mean to uh, undermined his performance at all. It's just that Jewel's like really blew it away. And uh, it was just kind of funny because the position we were standing in in the crowd, we could wa- we could see Jewel's like watching Akali the, the whole time, like yeah. after. <laughs> and he was just... Um, I don't know if it's a coincidence that his name is Jewel's, but he is an avid Jewel user. Yeah. So he was the just... The vape for anyone that doesn't know. Yeah, the little vapes, um, the really uh, small ones. He was just sitting there backstage, you know, kind of, you know, backstage is in off to the side, really. It wasn't really backstage, but watching Akali and just jeweling the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> just like nonstop. And then after Akali got off um, the stage, Jewels came down off to the side and you had already, I don't know if you were going to get our jackets but it was just kind of a I rush was. of energy. You know, everyone's trying to get out, go get their Uber or whatever. Uh, and Sean ran up to get our jackets from Coat Check. And then Jewel's just happened to come down onto the floor just to probably say hi to a couple people. And, uh, you know, I I just kind of was a little pushy. And I was like, dude, Mitch, you <laughs> take, take a photo. Take, take a photo with me if he's willing to. And like, he, that's what he was doing. I mean, so no big deal. But I just mean, I was just like, hey, can we take a picture really quick? <laughs> That's the thing. So I love that. You just I gotta love, ask. I love that you like. It, you're not. It's not like you guys are in public. It's not like he's Tom Hanks. You know, like you can ask him after a show if he's coming down. You know, he's inviting. But so this kind of ties in with Bay Faction. Like I was like, Ugh, you know, I don't know if I want to like meet them. Like they're standing at their merch after their set, and I, I usually when I see that happen, I'm like, I'll just let him go. And like, because there's like a line of like 10, 12 kids, you know. And I'm I live in Des Moines, not Omaha, so I want to drive to get home two hours, you know. I'd just gone to this EDM show like the night before in Minneapolis. Then the next day I drive to Omaha and go to this show. But uh, yeah, so I went and thank you. Thank you to Nick Hamilton and and Shelby. Like, okay, we're just going to meet him. So I'm glad to hear that you like did it. And I kind of wish I was there to like meet him as well. But um, yeah, yeah, poor Mitch. Like it was just kind of all a blur. I could have been like, "Do you want to take a picture?" I'm like, "Mitch, take my picture," and then that was like it. Oh yeah, yeah. I <laughs> but don't it, think... that's just the way it is. I mean, yeah. there's other people talking to him and stuff, and um, you know, you're a little fucked up because you've been drinking. You, know? you gotta ask. You gotta ask. Yeah. So I, that's not what I was thinking. But I'm I'm grateful that I got a picture. And yeah, he's definitely one of my all of our top artists. That sh- that show was incredible. Um, but uh. You know, I totally forgot that we were also at Zoo in 2020. Zoo, yeah. In February, think the about, first week of February. I think if I didn't buy you those tickets to Zoo and the, you know, for Christmas 2019 into 2020. Things think, would be different because we wouldn't have met 
we wouldn't have met Michael the, uh, Becca's close friends yeah. there. Michael, Michael Aubrey, Aubrey, Grant, and Amanda. We wouldn't have met Grant them. and Amanda. So we definitely probably wouldn't have the same relationship with everyone. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's a one sided. I don't know, guys. We you may, tell me because we like may we have not have even. No, we may not have even <laughs> gone in August. We may not have driven out there in September for uh, Becca and Peter's birthdays you know of course getting the tests and quarantine beforehand i don't want anyone to think that we're just out here doing things like we did four or five things this year and all of them was like quarantine before get tested quarantine calculated after. risk i mean we're also trying yeah. to stay sane like i think it's completely reasonable yeah the stuff that we've oh, I know. chosen to I know. do and it it hasn't come easy i mean it's not like uh we don't take any of those decisions lightly we think we ponder them for a long time we coordinate with people and so yeah. forth to make it as safe as we can we would not have been there or gone there in August or September is my point. So, yeah, zoo. I'm gl- that's the thing. Buy. I like don't like to buy people gifts like t- like games, toys and clothes, anything. I like to buy experiences like Shelby's birthday was going to see a show, you know, yeah, because that's of, the best. Yeah, that's it's just the making memories is way more important than giving you this book that you'll read. And like it's it, I like to be part of those memories, you know. Okay. For sure. And also Sunburn and they opened up for Zoo oh, at yeah. the Red Rock show. Sun- so it was basically stacked. I mean, Sunburn is awesome. I don't think he gets enough credit, but he is a little bit more housey. So, I mean, just our friends, like we're a little bit more into like the bass and like more trap EDM. So that's why I don't think he gets played as much, but he does deserve he he deserves more credit because it, although, yeah, he is like more of that house like sound which isn't my favorite genre, but he does it in a way that I find entertaining and I enjoy listening to in the right setting. And especially live, like just awesome. Like it was, it was so much fun. Um, and they, who's a hip hop band, they have a couple of songs that are just like some of my favorite songs ever, yeah. like the catchiest songs. And I've never gotten to see live, obviously. So I that was awesome saw to be able to see. they open for R.L. Grime or my mistake? I'm mistaken. That doesn't sound right. It's 99 Neighbors or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Red Rocks, that show is so funny. And it, the thing about like shows like Red Rocks is like I get anxious about going to like Giants. I've only been to Red Rocks one other time. And I saw Odessa, you know, like I'm freaking tattooed. I love Odessa um, tattooed with their symbol. But I drank too much or whatever. And I don't remember too much about the show, which is why it's not like my favorite show. But it's not because it's not that. But anyway. I just got like an uh, 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 IM or whatever, like on Snapchat, like a text on Snap and from this person named Reese. I'm like, think I'm like, re- he's just like responding to me about like some gaming thing I post on Snapchat. And I'm like, who are the Dragon Ball Z thing? And I'm like, who is this Reese kid? And then I realized we had met like these like 21 year olds at me and Peter were talking with like these oh. like two or three 21 year old kids at Red Rocks. That's and we were, funny. Yeah, we were just like having fun dancing with them and like just like being complete like plur EDM people like just yo dude ah, you know <laughs> and like he added me on Snap or I added him like we added each other and like it's just funny because I forgot all about that until like just this last couple of weeks. Yeah. You meet some cool people. I definitely miss that. Like just being able to commune with other humans in like a vulnerable environment of just like everyone, you know, most people are like a little drunk or a little this or a little that, you know, in that setting. So people let their guard down a little bit more and they're a little bit more friendly and able to feel like maybe they're being themselves a little bit more, right. not not so in their head. And so you do, you make these like brief connections with people 
For sure. Like the it, even when we were at Odessa, remember that Evan guy? Oh my <laughs> like god! His friend, well, kind of funny. We still like laugh about it to this day. But just another situation, like really young kids. Just like he was nice, but he was just sort of like you know that that broy. Yeah. <laughs> like, and my favorite story <laughs> is that he had snuck in like a, a mini, like a fifth, a bottle of Fireball, <laughs> yeah. and he's like handing it. This is like 2017, you know, May 2017. He's like handing it around, like everyone's swigging on it, drinking it, and. And he hands it to me because that's not in his immediate bro friend group of like four or five bros, four or five girls. And I just chug like half of it, not thinking. That, oh, my God. Not thinking. That's he, so rude. Well, I didn't know. Like he didn't. I don't I don't know. I thought he said finish it. Like, I don't know what I was. I was like effed up, I guess. I don't know. But he's like, bro. Oh, it's OK, bro. Like he was so like blitzkrieg. He's like, Fuck. he was funny. Yeah. yeah. He. But he was just definitely like that. We found him on He's Facebook. He's like, you ever been to Santa Barbara, bro? Like that that kind of a guy. Ship fan. Holy shit fan. Yeah. yeah, he had like the holy ship like reflective jacket that cost like two fifty on the yeah, ship. Yeah, just to get on holy ship. It was like a waiting list and it probably cost like fifteen hundred dollars. Like just to even get a pasta past the holy ship which by the way i would love to go to but we, we found him on on facebook like shortly after we of did? Course. yeah oh yeah i know okay. for a fact we did but he anyway. was really cool shout out evan like for sure i hope you're doing well bro. good memories uh <laughs> you know poo dreads out there on odessa but now we're getting <laughs> off topic oh improv Prov, the doctor who i'm actually still friends yeah, with on facebook friends yeah with on facebook he he's was a straight up doctor now really he's, cool he just wanted to come uh to odessa i don't think like he just either I don't know if he was like still in school or something, but anyway, none of his friends like in the area, he either didn't have a whole lot because he was in school in like his residency or, you know, it was like a situation like that. Like, not that he wouldn't have friends. It's just that like the particular spot he he was in life, he didn't have anyone to accompany him to Red Rocks. Did we we meet him on the bus? We met him on the bus and like he instantly like made friends with us and we hung out the whole night. He was super cool. Very cool. And yeah, he was a cool, very cool guy. And uh, yeah, cool, we cool, just cool. had an interesting uh, experience because some people were sort of crowding our area that night. And, um, you know, nothing wrong with dreadlocks, but I just mean that is my that is my no, memory. They... It was like this, you know, white hippie woman with dreadlocks. And she was just like head banging her dreadlocks into us into for like everyone. an hour. It yeah. was obnoxious. But it's like, could you please give us a little bit of space? It's already Jesus one. Christ. It's already 1217. So we got to stay on topic here. We do have things yeah, to do. Yeah, let's wrap it up with our uh, movies for the no, year. Eh? I've got tons of stuff I got to say. So I'm going to rattle through. TV shows matters more to me than movies. All right, so yeah, let's get right into our movies because I want our TV shows, excuse me, first because movies for me just didn't really kill it, but I, I do want to talk about a few things. Shits Creek, we discovered and watched Shits Creek this year. That's my favorite show of the year. What do you think about that show, and and do you regret not discovering it beforehand or what? Uh sure. It would always have been nice to be a part of the you know Zeitgeist. enjoyment earlier on, but you know we also got to binge it because. <laughs> Because uh, we discovered it later. So, yeah, I guess not really any regrets about that. Yeah, it's such a it's just like a feel good show. Like it's one of those. it's kind of like the way The Office makes me feel. Yeah. It's just like relaxing, feel good. Um, it's not too much to absorb. It's not too heavy. You but know, it's it just is, the it right is. amount. Right. It, it, it's a feel good show. Comedies and, usually don't grip me. You know, for TV shows, like I, I mean, The Office is great, but they usually don't grip me. So I, I absolutely love that show, Adore It, and I'll, I'll definitely be rewatching. We're going to try to zoom, zoom, zoom through these, but 
All Gas No Breaks, got to give a shout out to All Gas No Breaks because even though it's not on TV proper or on Netflix or something, it's a YouTube channel. Uh, this person, what's his name again? An uh, Andrew. Andrew. Andrew is the host of All Gas No Breaks. He's been go getting in a van with all his buds and just driving around to like the hot spots, uh, hot events. You know, we're talking like the shuttle launch. We're talking... Yeah, the hot event, you know, yeah. the shuttle. Launch. Well, no, I just mean like all these like culturally important gatherings of people, especially during COVID. So he's been doing reporting on all that sort of thing. Like, uh, isn't it Se not Seattle, but uh, Portland, Oregon? He went up the there. Protest, but he predates COVID. I mean, he has exactly. been he's been going to before that more weird events like really like weird shit like flat earth conventions furry conventions jim and jam one of my favorites which yeah. is just like a heady music festival somewhere i don't even know where jim and jam is but uh he just he has a knack for finding just <laughs> picking out the weirdos and like having hilarious uh little interviews like yeah, so them. it's so funny. <laughs> he he's turned into a straight up journalist this year, though. Like mm -hmm. he was he was doing funny vids, you know, interviewing people that are licking feet <laughs> and whatever. Uh, but now he's just he's been really showing the world like this is what people are saying and believing in this se sector of the country. And he's and probably, he has a podcast now, too. Yeah, it's called Break Check and it's pretty solid. Uh, he's going to be going worldwide, I bet, in 2021. If we're worldwide, able to fly. wide, yeah. wide, wide. So a couple other ones I want to rattle off. Eric Andre show. We just we watched all of it this year and the final season came oh, out. Oh, yeah. It's a you great, paid 20 bucks mention. so we could watch it. Murder on the Middle Beach. I absolutely love that docuseries with the the kid that his mom was murdered when he was like 11. Now he's like 22, 3. He filmed like all this. He has all this footage of how, what happened, like who killed his mother. No one knows. It's still an unsolved thing. Uh, him trying to get all the evidence from the police department. Very good documentary and it made me feel lots of things. Uh, yeah, that one was great. What Brittany. is the document docuseries on, on HBO list. about the Golden State Killer? Uh, I've got it on the list as well. And okay. that's what I was just about Can't to say. I'll be gone in the dark with Patton Oswald's wife, mm -hmm. uh, who is who passed away. She uh, she was like following the Golden State Killer and pretty much crack helped crack the case. And there's a great docuseries on HBO. Mm -hmm. uh, Away. I loved Away. I believe yeah, that's... that was really good. It was on Netflix. Netflix yeah. original. I really love the interstellar type space uh, love story, like trying to save the world type thing and it was really well done uh what they do in the shadows got to give a shout out to that show i can't wait for it to come back haunting of Bly manor i was very surprised and taken aback at how much i loved it but i love those like those dramas that like have you don't know how what's gonna how all these puzzle pieces mm -hmm. are gonna come together until the end when it's whoa like that is what happened yeah how several people don't didn't care for it they were expecting haunting on hill house haunting Haunting of Hill House. Yeah. The first, like kind of the first, they're not really related, but you know, as the, f they're, they're, how do I describe? Like they are the same, a similar concept and a lot of the same actors, but it's not necessarily a sequel. There's a word for it, but yeah. it's okay. Um, anyway, a lot of people felt the opposite. They were like, oh, I didn't really care for that because they were expecting Haunting on Hill House, I think it's called, the very first one. Um, which was actually pretty scary. And this one was, le I would say, less scary. It, w it wasn't quite, it wasn't so much about like scaring people as it was more of like a cerebral 
kind of a th- mystery. The Undoing. Oh my God, The Undoing was so good. That's up there for me. Uh, yeah, that was incredible. It really captivated me. I was like, oh my God, I cannot wait to figure out what the hell is going on in the story. Yeah, lots of murder, solving a murder shows this year for us. They really had me hanging. Like, it, they did it very well. I mean, I think a lot of people would agree. Like, they were... You just never knew. You're like, could it? It could literally be anyone. Like they had you convinced it could even maybe even be the sun at one point. You yeah. know what I mean? So it was just back and forth and up and down. Like it was very hard to get a hint about what was actually going to be um, uh, in the end. Who was the killer? A woman gets killed. Sun uh, finds her. This all happens in the beginning, and it's a story about how. The lives she touched and and who did what. <laughs> it's it's phenomenal. It's on HBO for if you want to check it out. I saw The Last Dance this year. Tiger King was this year. Can you believe it? Love is Blind. Ratched. Emily in Paris. Uh, I love that. <laughs> I know it's such a it's dorky. It's like so silly. Like it was definitely like a silly movie, but show. or show rather, but. We really enjoyed watching it because it was just fun. And it reminded us of our little biscuits. Yeah, our biscuits. biscuits. Uh, Yeah, so let's... uh, That's that's good. I think House of Ho, I mean, we didn't finish Raised by Wolves. Jeffrey Epstein, Filthy Rich Raised by Wolves is awesome. We did not finish it, I'll admit. I I think we kind of lost a little bit of interest at the end, but it was an awesome concept, and I I definitely recommend people checking it out. Yeah. If you like sci-fi, we will finish it eventually. It's just kind of one of those things... Maybe they didn't quite hit the nail on the head. Um, they kind of lost us a little bit towards the end, but that doesn't mean like mad respect for it for sure. It was awesome. Uh, and I just have to say, like, without contest, the Midnight Gospel. Oh, yeah. Is for sure. I can easily say like my favorite show this year, um, as some people listening may know, Duncan Trussell, uh, like a co-creator of the Midnight Gospel, all based off of uh, podcast that he had recorded before for the Duncan Trussell family hour, his podcast, a really influential person in my life, um, for many reasons. And, uh, he hooked a deal with Netflix. He, and, uh, I apologize, Pendleton. but I forget his name. Pendleton Ward. He's the, he's the animator. Yeah. Who okay. did Adventure Time. Right. So that's why it looks so much like Adventure Time, but it's just so cool. Um, kind of psychedelic, kind of trippy, but also, he put mindfulness and practices that maybe not everyone would be so keen on listening into into people's homes by getting a show on Netflix, which is super cool. I love it. I I, w- um, I wish it would get nominated for some freaking awards. Right. I mean, I agree totally. The episode with his <laughs> mother, the finale. Oh god, incredible! Me. It, it was an incredible cry. show. Easily my favorite show for the year. It definitely deserves more recognition. His, yeah. So, uh, do you have any other shows to discuss? Because we do have to get moving. No, I'm good on shows. Let's let's knock out our movies. All right. So, I'm going to name off a bunch, okay? The Wretched was super good. It was a great horror film with a grandma that's pretty... It's dementia, right? You're confusing that with Relic. Relic, sorry. Relic. That's the one that I like the m- more. The Wretched, what was that about? That was a little bit more fun. It was like a like a demon succubus okay creature like uh terrorizing a town kind of we can you believe it this year we had sonic the hedgehog with jim carrey <laughs> i love that that was fun yeah that was a good movie that onward was, was this year beginning of the year um pixar borat subsequent movie film that played a huge impact in the leading up to the election uh king of staten island was pretty solid mulan was here this year i didn't care for it too much soul Soul was great. We saw that on Christmas. Soul was great. It's on my list for sure. 
The Invisible Man was one of my favorite films that we saw this year. I agree, definitely. I would definitely say one of my favorites. I don't. I don't I'm. I'm bad at picking like top yeah, yeah. favorite number one. Like I'm not prepared to do that really. But definitely, Invisible Man stands out as that. It, it's it's a remake, but it was just so good. Yeah, Jeez. we like, paid very well bucks. done. Very we paid well done. Twenty bucks to rent it when it was mm-hmm. supposed to be because it was supposed to be in theaters. So they did that. That's it was a new thing. really enthralling. Like very gripping. Uh, Tenet came out last that uh, in 2020, but we didn't watch it until last week, so I'm not going to count it. That's just how I do my list. But Palm Springs is probably my favorite movie of the year. I, it's super original film, uh, screenplay, and Andy Samberg is phenomenal. And then that uh, the female lead, I forget her name, but she's really good too. Uh, I love original screenplays. Of course, Eternal Sunshine is my favorite movie ever. So original and uh, kind of plays with your head. Thriller dramas are my favorite. So that's my favorite. Do you have any others that you'd like to shout out before we move on? Uh, yeah, I do. So I actually just watched a film. It's on HBO. What are they calling it now? Uh, HBO Max. Max. It's on HBO Max. Uh, you can watch it on HBO Max. It's not an HBO Max original, but it's called Wendy. And uh, you know, Sean, that I love like the story of Peter Pan. Like the movie Hook has just is just kind of one of my all time favorite movies. Like I have it tattooed on my body. Like I love, I love the Pan story, and it's kind of like a play on that. Like um, it's a it's inspired by Pan and. Like the same kind of genre is like a yeah. Genre? So these kids in this dirty southern town, like they hop a train and they run away to Neverland. Oh, okay. and Pan is like um, he's actually a little black boy, like so with, with dreadlocks. So like it's just a retelling. Okay. Like it's just so different. You know Reimagine. what I mean? Because the fairy tale is like this little white, <laughs> you know, boy. But it's like a retelling with. Um, it's just very interesting, and I and I think I definitely recommend um, people checking it out if, if you're you like Hook. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very it's weird. It's a, it's weird, but it's cool. Like it's a it's a really cool retelling of Peter Pan. I really enjoyed it. Um also I watched also on HBO Max, I watched Underwater with Kristen Stewart, which is like a sci-fi monster film. Oh, that's the one you wanted me to watch. Yeah, yeah. and um you know, it has some flaws, but it it's cool. It's very it's really creepy. Um, what is his name? That funny, he's funny, he's tall, he's in. I'll look it up. He's a comedian. He's a comedian and uh, he is... TJ Miller. Thank you. I always forget his name. I can never remember his name. So weird. You've done that like four times this year. He's in it and he brings some comedy. Like there's some funny scenes. Like there's some, you know, snippy remarks and things like that. But basically... He's got the quips. It's a, it's a... an underwater at the bottom of the ocean, which is creepy <laughs> in and of itself, a company is drilling for, I, I don't know if it's minerals, it's kind of irrelevant, but it's like valuable minerals or oil or something like that. And this whole company is based around drilling deep into the earth's core on the bottom of the ocean. And the this crew, you know, in order to do this, there's a, an entire, it's almost like if there was a space station. You know, but it's on the bottom. Ooh, that's cool. You know what I mean? Because like to be under that amount of pressure in the ocean, you would have to have like extreme equipment. And so yeah. these people live down there for like six months at a time. And she's an engineer. Kristen Sewer is like an, uh, I'm not sure, an electrical engineer or something like that. And anyway, something goes wrong. Um, and basically come to find out there's some underwater monsters that they've maybe woken up. Wow. And they have to like flee so Ugh, this movie it's very it's really cool i loved the concept 
Um, like I said, for sure, you know, you can poke some holes in it. There's like some flaws. I don't think it's like, you know, going to be winning and anyone's going to be winning an Oscar over it or anything, but it's very fun. Um, it's creepy. Anyone who likes sci-fi. It costs 80 million and they only made 18 million in the box office. It came out in January. That's just, <laughs> oh, that Yikes. sucks. Yeah. These well, are- I really liked it. So I would definitely recommend checking it out. Um, anyone who has HBO uh, can watch it today. So Soul's also on there for me. You already mentioned Tenet. Like, obviously, we watched it in 2021, but Tenet. I just, love I'm just a Nolan. sucker for those kind of films. Like, uh, Sean and I had to watch some uh, YouTube breakdowns the next day to try to understand the movie a little bit better, but I don't care. Like, I really like that. Um, I also have, there's a movie on Netflix called Rebecca. Anyone who likes, like, period dramas. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's kind of a cool mystery about, oh, who killed who kind of a thing and this very wealthy man. And I'm pretty sure they're in uh, Great Britain in like probably 1940s. I don't know. I'm I, Hopefully I'm not totally butchering the time period. Uh, but it's, you know, based in the past and he's a wealthy man and his wife died. Did he kill her? Did someone else kill her? He remarries like a um, not so well off woman and she tries to kind of take the place of his uh, deceased wife and the help in the house might be plotting against her and things like that. So it's hmm. kind of a cool mystery. It's on Netflix. Uh, I had to put Harley Quinn Birds of Prey on here because I just thought she really... I, I don't know why I'm saying she, but I just mean they... Suicide Squad was horrible. Horrible. <laughs> but I really like her as a character and yeah. Margot Robbie. Um I really think she plays a good Harley Quinn. I really appreciate uh, what she's doing with the character. And so I had to, I had to put it on here yeah. because I enjoyed it. It was fun. Um, again, some flaws, you know, maybe not everyone's favorite movie, but it was fun. And I, en- I really enjoy the character that she's playing in like the, you know, w- women empowerment kind of message behind it. And uh, one more thing that I'll mention, and that is Swallow. Oh, yeah. That so was that was another another kind of creepy thriller. thriller, almost kind of like Invisible Man vibes, you know, with a potentially like overbearing spouse and a woman in like kind of a compromising relationship yeah. uh, with some point. OCD um, issues, it seems like, where she's like swallowing sharp objects and uh, just a creepy, weird, unique film for sure with a Jennifer Lawrence lookalike. Like, I don't even understand. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's another actress out there. I don't even remember her name, but there's another actress out there, guys, just so you know, that looks just like Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. Exactly like her. <laughs> for half the movie, you and I were both like, that. gosh, Jennifer Lawrence. I was know? certain it was Jennifer Lawrence until like we an hour in and we up. looked it up. It it looks like her. It's the same way that Zoe Deschanel and uh, Katy, Perry. Katy Perry look like identical twins. It's so bizarre right like yeah. what are the odds her name is Haley bennett it's like someone fucked up the simulation they're almost exact same age too i think they're <laughs> that's like within, weird yeah. i'm sorry i think someone's screwing with us <laughs> yeah well so but yeah it's been a great year for entertainment i mean i think that shows probably probably more so like we that's saw what i wanted to say we saw more impactful shows and i don't know if maybe that's just related to them dialing back some releases in hopes that you know, maybe there are a few movies that studios are holding on to. You know, I don't. Well, I'm there not, are King Kong versus Godzilla. I mean, all these Warner Brothers movies going. They on want HBO more Max. people. They want it to make more money. They want to hold on to it until people are in more of a position. They moved the Marvel next 
Marvel sagas back a whole year, you know? Right. Not to mention the people timelines. can't physically, you know, be working the same way. So, I mean, that's also slowing things down. People right. can't so, be in the same room. This year, the dynamic we had for a lot of the year was watching a lot of TV, whether that was uh, f- uh, f- 90 Day Fiance, all this garbage TV that we just had on while you were on your phone. I was on my Switch. Or we were watching stuff that just doesn't take, like like I said, Tiger, uh, Love is Blind, Tiger King. Stuff that doesn't really take too many brain cells. House of Ho. Uh, just good reality or whatever TV. We watched so much TV this year and we, we should have, could have bought a new couch earlier, but we ended up just getting a new couch. Uh, but, and so we are going to, we're going to reap those benefits coming into the new year, but our dynamic for the living room dynamic was really interesting. I was playing so many video games and that's going to bring me into my top five games of the year. Going to rattle them off. Number five, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Hades, number four, played that entire game on the way to, and on our rainy day at Michigan trip. And I just loved it on my switch. And then I got a PS five, you know, Miles Morales was on that, but Demon Souls remake, uh, Spirit Fair number two because that game just it, it it's a does a really good job kind of communicating death and how you can cope with death and how death can be beautiful you know sending off loved ones and um, yeah it just really impacted me for obvious reasons with my sister and my game of the year it's it has to just it just has to be 500 hours played played with all my friends mm-hmm. all my friends got a Nintendo Switch during quarant- beginning of quarantine. And a lot of people got uh, Animal Crossing, New Horizons, played over 500 hours, still play it. I played it last night, getting uh, Wishing Upon a Star. <laughs> uh, but our dynamic in the living room was really fun for COVID, dealing with COVID. We would put on something on TV and I would just play Animal Crossing. You know, I would l- try to log on at 5 p.m. to hear that music and sit in our sunroom, you know. COVID was not, it has not been great for a lot of reasons, but... There was some beautiful moments uh, and just playing Animal Crossing, all my friends playing bug catching Saturdays or playing fishing tournament Saturdays or just going over to each other's islands uh, and just Mm -hmm. kind of being social that way. I mean, it's going to be one of the most important games of my life and it got helped me get through COVID. Um, I could go into more detail, of course, but we're running out of time. So other games I want to give a shout out to Super Mario 3D All-Stars, Sackboy, A Big Adventure, Astro's Playroom on the PlayStation 5, fun video game moments with Mitch and Lydia, just us three have been just the three best friends that anyone could have and this year uh, dealing with COVID and just all we, we ha- we're pretty much all each other has, you know, because we have to stay with just your pod, you know, to prevent the virus from spreading. Yep, doing our best. So we played Astro's Playroom a lot. Um when I first got the PS5 and like I said, Sackboy, so much fun. And then that brings me to Dreamcast. We brought the Dreamcast up, hooked it up in I think late November or around November, December and Lydia played Pen Pen Triathlon and <laughs> Rayman. And Soul Calibur. Soul Calibur was a ton of fun. So uh, yeah, there's been some good gaming moments, but games I didn't play, I played this year that were not released. I ha- I would be remiss if I did not mention Grand Theft Auto 5. I played that for the first time and I absolutely love Rockstar. I love Grand Theft Auto. I can't get into the Red Dead because it's just too slow, but I love the cars. How you I love how in car with cars technology like that, you can go quick and it's just it's not as slow and daunting and so as much of a slug. Um but yeah, Grand Theft Auto 5, I love it. I can't wait for 6. They just actually got leaked that 6 is going to have the first female protagonist. Most likely ever. So, Untitled Goose Game was a lot of fun. I 
played a lot of Catherine. I played Catherine, excuse me. And that soundtrack actually was part of like my whole year. I listened to Thus Brooks Spoke, that track, on repeat for literally hours, hours and hours all year on YouTube. And then I had uh, Mitch get me the MP3s. <laughs> uh, Bloodborne, I that's one of my favorite games of all time now. I did not play it when it came out in 2015. And ha- with, through talks and getting it from um friend of the show, Peter, he like gave it to B-Word when he was out there, uh, I think in like, I think last year. And I just, yeah, I played through it finally at the beginning of the year. It's one of my favorite games ever. Um, so with Demon's Souls, it's like I got into Souls games big time. You know, Hades is a Souls-like game. So uh, I want to run through Bloodborne and get the Platinum at some point. That's going to be the game I just continue to revisit for years and years to come. That brings us to our final topic. Gotta take a deep breath because we're cutting it close. I did not think our podcast would go this long, but what do you know? You're, you're my wife. You know, we're going to have a great conversation. Hey, I'm your wife, okay? Oh, the badagoo, the gabagoo. 2021, let's talk about the future. Let's talk about moving forward. Goals. Uh, anything you want to, any artists you want to see that we haven't already mentioned, any, anything you want to, to, what, what, what do you envision 2021 being and how do you, how do we move forward? Yeah. I would love to see Closey, Janston and LS Dream. LS Dream, um, really kind of hit a home run with me at the very end of the year. Really fell in love with him. Um, had a really awesome experience. Shout out Alex Bush and Cassie. And Mitch and Sean and I uh, were fortunate enough to spend New Year's Eve together. And we uh, watched Ella Dream's Rave Cave, which was just such an awesome stream. Really impactful for me. And I just ha- have had him spinning like nonstop ever since. Can't stop listening to it. Uh, can't stop listening to his music. Really love his message. So I would love to see him. Love to see Closey um, and Janston. For sure, would love to see Kill Station, as I mentioned in my twenty, you know, from a twenty nineteen album. He was just incredible. Um, as far as the future, I guess my hope, you know, realistic things are that we're going to continue to see some friends in like very small settings, like pre, you know, well thought out. You know, everyone takes Four extra precautions before. leading up to it. That's kind of been our saving grace. We've been able to do a few things like that. We are gonna. We are planning at this time, as long as everyone remains healthy and so forth, to visit Becca uh, next month on President's Day weekend in Denver. So that'll be a nice just kind of release to just go uh, go there and visit um, just with her. Obviously, everything's still pretty closed. We're not going to bars or restaurants or anything like that, of course. Um, but that'll be really nice. So just continuing to do things like that, I think, are realistic um, every few months doing something like that, where it's just like a small gathering whether it's an Airbnb or whatever, that's a really nice outlet. And, uh, you know, I think a realistic dream of mine is that like late summer, maybe fall, um, we could maybe even be seeing like smaller regional festivals returning. Um, In particular, like Cosmic Kingdom comes to mind. Like, I wonder if maybe we could, you know, obviously up to Dan Green, but Dan Greeny, don't be a meanie. Um, (laughs) Shout out Dan Greeny. (laughs) um, As things do become less of a risk. I'm not going to say back to normal because I don't think that's a good way to describe it, but becomes less of a risk, meaning half of the people are vaccinated. So therefore, and many people have already had it. And therefore, you know, we, we, 
just caveat, I understand that immunity doesn't last forever, like after you've had it, but it the research shows that there may be some benefits and that people are less likely to contract it again. It definitely certainly doesn't make you immune. My point is that it will become less and less of a risk to be in a larger and larger group of people as time goes on. So my hope is that we could have a smaller regional, you know, not a huge ultra or Lollapalooza or Electric Forest. I don't think that's realistic, but a smaller festival at Cosmic Kingdom that just takes place here in Des Moines with regional artists and like a couple of bigger headliners, lower attendance, more ability to spread out and not be cramped up against each other um, because there's just less people. It's a smaller festival. I think something like that would be realistic late summer, you early, don't suspect, like, or early fall. These pro- promoting promoter company like whatever uh doing any sort of like prove that you had a vaccination prove. for sure they will uh, okay. for sure they will um they say like 70 percent is the sweet spot for like number of attendees that have to be vaccinated in the u.s before we even have anything like a lala palooza or an ultra right exactly and i and i'm not expecting like i said for festivals that and events that size to be coming back but i do think that there is a possibility for the smaller scale i think l- by more Halloween locally we could see stuff like that exactly more locally ran festivals returning so i would just say that that's my hope as far as like personal things that i want to continue working on i've made like a commitment to myself to lessen my meat consumption i know that's a popular thing for people to do at the start of the year but i'm taking like actual steps um definitely not anti-meat like don't mean to say that at all i'm not um Unfortunately, it's not really anyone's fault, but we're all wrapped up in this um, kind of gross system of <laughs> an industrial farming that I think most people morally would object to, but we need it for nutrition. So then we're we kind of like, the <laughs> we got the veil over our eyes. I don't see the chickens getting right. slaughtered. Like, I don't. Right. So for that and many other reasons, I just thought it's something, you know, for for the environment for moral reasons, I can just cut back a couple days a week. You know, I'm just trying to not consume quite as much meat, you know, substitute with some new recipes Tofu. and things like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing that I'm definitely working on. Sure. I, yeah. I want to, I want to move into getting a new job, higher paying job so I can fund and save for an eventual year or two out of Des Moines. That's still number one for me. I'd love to leave Iowa before I start you know, my roots start setting in <laughs> and I, we start having, thinking, start talking about getting a dog. I know that sounds crazy, but a dog is a lot of responsibility. I'm going to take it very responsible, uh, be responsible about having a dog. I'm not going to be able to do all these kinds of things I want to do. Um, and then kids, of course, I mean, that's even the, the exponentially more responsible. Um, but I want to continue to add to our home gym, getting some free weights. Uh, Mitch said something about giving me his bench, his extra bench, which is so sick. And then of course getting a rowing machine. I want to do more creative things. I want to do another, I want to do a podcast. Like that's you like weekly. I mean, uh, fest friends kind of fizzled out because of COVID this year for sure. But uh, among other reasons, you know, I mean, it's just, it's not as fun to talk about no festivals you know like no concerts when that was what this podcast was all based about so doing more creative things uh focusing on what i'm pretty okay at i I believe i mean which is podcasting and talking and going to concerts and festivals again (laughs) i think that we're going to be able to have a new year's 2021 to 22 but but like something big at a convention for sure for sure it's probably just going to require you to prove that you're vaccinated honestly 
I mean, I think that <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised in the, the new Apple update coming out this year. They have in your medical history, you can put got vaccinated and submit proof or something crazy like that. Live Nation's already developed a like app or something yeah. like that. You'd have to check the story and fact check me. But there was already some news story about Live Nation's already test running like an application where you verify like your uh, virus status. So. Yeah. So those are our goals. We've got a lot of things to look forward to. It doesn't really make sense to move out to Denver right now in my eyes until the world's a little bit closer to back to normal. So I can go get a beer at a barcade with, you know, Grant, Amanda, Michael, Aubrey, mm-hmm. and, and Becca and Peter, you know, or whatever. So well, we're just going to take it, take it month to month. I mean, at this point, just to try to get things in order. Got to work on getting a new job. Got to work on getting the, or at least a higher paying job and then get our funds in order and I mean, we're lucky that we both see eye to eye. I mean, we've been together for eight years coming on, coming up this July, uh, as far as dating. And then, um, what, and so we're, we're fortunate that we're going to, we're, neither of us want kids in the immediate year, years to come, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I can, I had my first moment of, wow, I think I want a kid. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember what it was exactly. You did something that reminded me of something I would have done. And I don't know, it, as a kid, and it, for some reason it just, yeah, it, it like, whoa, like got that primal urge to be a father. And it was like the first, one of the first moments of my entire life that I felt that this year. So if that's happening, then, you know, we've got a couple <laughs> years out still. So yeah. Like no I, time soon. Yeah. Like I said, we got some goals. We got hopefully SNL podcast that we're going to be doing with Sean and Lydia Saturday night in America jam or something. Who knows? But this has been episode 13, I believe, Fest Friends podcast featuring my lovely wife, Lydia. Thanks again, babe, for being on. My pleasure. Because I would have gone crazy if I would not was not able to record <laughs> my end of the year podcast. So yeah, can... happy 2021, everyone. You know, stay sane. We got this. We're going to get through this together. So, yeah. All right. This has been Fest Friends podcast and we out.